Thank you for listening to Pastoring on Purpose. Welcome to Pastoring on Purpose. I am Dr. Manis. I am the Pastoral Care and Spirit Care Coordinator here at Ministerial Care, and we are bringing you into our offices here and into, more specifically, our studios from Cleveland, Tennessee. To my right is my colleague, Dr. Jeff Sargent. Jeff, say hello to everybody out there today. Hello to everyone. It's good to be back in the studio. Good to be back here in the uh, these offices. This is a beautiful facility you guys have here. Well, thank you. And uh, it always does feel good to kind of be in our own studio. And uh, we have a really special episode for you today. Um, On this episode, we're going to be discussing spouses and ministry uh, with Lorna and Raymond Birch. Before we get into this episode, we're going to be talking about marriage. We're going to be talking about boundaries and and counseling and specifically to pastors and, you know, some of the things our pastors may be going through right now. And and so you're definitely going to want to be here for this episode as we talk about these really vital topics for our ministers and uh, the people out there listening, whether you're Church of God or part of a different denomination, a leader, or even just laity. It's good. It's exciting. So glad to have them with us today, the Birches, uh, to bring their perspective on ministry and a healthy marriage, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all can learn something from that. I think we all, from time to time, struggle with what are the boundaries between my professional life yep. and my personal life. And so hopefully we can get into that discussion. And hey, just get to know this wonderful couple here. So Absolutely. Looking forward to it. I can't wait. And I know you can't wait either. We will be right back with you right after this. Pastoring on Purpose is a production of the Center for Ministerial Care, a ministry of the Church of God. Ministerial Care provides counseling services for Church of God ministers and offers those resources to our leaders free of charge. If you are a pastor in the Church of God who would benefit from a fresh, healthy perspective on life, leading, or following the Lord's call, or know someone who is, please visit www.centerforministerialcare.com. Welcome back to Pastoring on Purpose, and as I said before the break, uh, we are here with a couple of really special guests uh, joining us via Zoom, by the way. Uh, We have Lorna and Raymond Birch with us. Lorna has a passion for teaching the gospel, mentoring, especially women who are in ministry. She has also written a book uh, entitled Leading Ladies, which uh, you can check out on Amazon. I I fully support. This is an excellent read, by the way. Uh, Pastor Raymond Birch is a pastor, leader, mentor, and uh, has served as the Administrative Bishop for the Church of God in the state of New Jersey. Welcome to both of you today. Thank you so much. much. I'm so glad to be with you both. This is an amazing opportunity. What an honor and privilege it is. Lorna and Raymond have earned master's degree in theology, and they hold certification in marriage and family counseling, and that's definitely something we want to get into in in just a moment. But Lorna, let's just kind of first jump into the conversation with a question for you, if that's okay. This is kind of a loaded question, and you answer this however you want to, obviously, but what's it mean to be a, a pastor's wife in the 21st century? I, I, the word that comes in my spirit is flexibility. Yes. And, 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 you know, you have to be flexible. You have to be open to what the Lord is calling us to do in this hour as a pastor's wife, because there's such a need for the wife to shift out of what maybe the traditional pastor's wife look like into what the world needs right now. And they need to see women that are free 
to be what God's calling them to be, you know, whatever that may look like, because every pastor's wife you know, every woman has a different uh, anointing, a different call on their life, a different assignment alongside her husband. Um, so everybody's not going to sing uh, and everybody's not going to preach, but you got to be the best version of you that you can be and be flexible and shift out of what you thought pastor's wives need to be. Cause we really need to be doing what God called us to do now, like never before. We're really talking a lot about identity. Yes. Um, right. It, knowing who you are, being comfortable in your own skin, being comfortable and really confident in the calling that God has for specifically you and your life. Correct. Absolutely. I think it's so important to to identify with someone that may be already walking in that and connect with them, whatever that assignment on your life may may look like, because I'm not Lorna. You know, I'm not who Lorna is because Lorna does preach or Lorna does sing and preach. Lorna does this and that. You might need to find somebody that may kind of look like your call and and, and talk with them about it and, and, and get wisdom on how to do it. I think a lot of times we're not shifting because we're not connecting. Wow. You got to find other people that are that are free enough to help you find your place too. You know, we try to, we do a lot of our, what we do in isolation. And I think that hinders so many women because you're, you're, you don't reach out. And that was the key for me was connecting with other women that were free and flexible and me finding who I am in that. Would you tell us a little bit about yours without, I don't want to make you feel like you have to be too personal, but could you tell us a little bit about your, your discovery or your journey to discovering who you are as a, as a woman in ministry? First of all, I, um, my husband was the catalyst of me stepping into what God called for me to do. But in the midst of it, I did see so many stereotypes, so many expectations that I then put on myself. When we first went into full-time ministry as lead pastors, we followed a pastor and wife that had been there for 17 years doing traditional ministry and doing everything. The pastor's wife did everything. She cleaned the church. She was the church choir leader. She she did, I'm telling you, everything. And I I walked into that ministry thinking, well, I need to be superwoman too. And my husband and I, I was spinning all the plates of the ministry. And my husband, we basically I had a come to Jesus moment on a dark road in back in South Georgia. We were driving from a ministry engagement and we were having this conversation. And my husband basically saw that I was in a in a bondage to what the people thought, what my expectations were. And we we really had he he dealt with that. He he helped me to see. And it, it was a stronghold that I had because you go into ministry, you think, okay, I'm supposed to do all these things, but and and I had to find what God wanted me to do. And literally that night we got to the house and I just went up to my my prayer room that we had at our house and and just lay before the Lord and say, Lord, I've I've totally missed this. I've totally lost myself in in the ministry. And then I wasn't in, I wasn't effective to my husband. I wasn't effective to my child, my children, because I had I started running, doing what everybody thought. And so basically, the Lord just gave me a strategy on how to do what he called me to do. And uh, because and my husband, this was this is what really shocked me. He said, let it fall. The, the plates are spinning. It's not working. 
you need to let it fall. And I was like, being a type A person, I was like, how do you let things fall? He said, you, if you are spinning all these plates doing everything, nobody knows where you need help. Nobody's going to come alongside you and help you because you look like you've got it all together. He said, let it fall. And I, I, it was hard. It was hard for me. But I really had to do that. And then, you know what? God sent help. God sent what I needed. But I had to find what God called for me to do to be the best helpmate that I was called to be for him and 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 relax in that and let God do the work at what he wanted me to do. And basically what he told me to do was humble myself, find out how my husband needed me, ask him, honey, what do you need me to do? And when he told me what he needed me to do and I started doing that, it's like then the Lord began to lift me up and elevate me in different areas. And that's when you have to try to fight for what you want in the ministry, you're really not flowing with God. But if you have to force it, it's not God. But when I began to relax and rest in the call alongside my husband, then the Lord could trust me with what he wanted to do in my life and through my life. If, if that makes sense. I hope I'm saying that oh, right. But then I found my identity. Then I was, I was free to do. And then my husband then could trust me in what God called for me to do because he knew I wasn't going to kill myself basically, well, you know, what you're saying is powerful because you are saying confidently that, that, that you trusted God and your relationship with your husband to, to develop and allow this identity that God was calling you or has called you to, to, to evolve and to develop. And, and, and that, is, that is really quite remarkable. It really is. And I think the, the number of men and women who will hear this, this will be very encouraging because so often in ministry, whether you're the pastor, lead pastor, co-pastoring, pastor's spouse, there are these expectations that others have, and they 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 preconceive or pre, they have this preconceived identi- idea of what our identity should be, and we feel that we feel the pressure to conform to that. And what you're saying is, no, that's not what we should do. We should follow mm-hmm. the calling that's within us, and share that calling with the spouse that God has given us. And what a beautiful model they have! Absolutely, and I really, I just kind of want to. You know, if if you're interested in what we're discussing today, definitely pick up Lorna Birch's book, Leading Ladies, because you talk about that journey that you're on and trying to spin those plates and trying to do everything and and kind of trying to conform to what everyone else's ideology or what they want you to do. And and I want to just kind of just you know follow up that with 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 you, Bishop Birch, and talking about you know oftentimes we think about uh, the female supporting the husband. We don't think about sometimes about what we need to do as men to support our wives and be there for them to be able to help them fulfill the calling they have. What did you do, and particularly in that time when uh, when Lorna was trying to find herself and she was trying to do too much, how did you, uh, as her husband, provide the support that she needed during that time to help her through that process? For me, uh, the thought was, why? I kept asking her why. As, as I saw her doing all these things, I began to see the frustration because you can spend plates that are not yours and they'll just frustrate you. And you're all, and she would constantly complain about certain areas. And I began to ask her, well, why are you doing them? And her thought was, I need to do them so that the ministry can be successful. And immediately it was like the Holy spirit stopped me and said, we don't control the success of ministry. 
He does. And so I said, you've got to stop doing all these things and allow him the privilege to make the success that he wants through our lives. And so I I had that moment with her to communicate to her, I believe in you and I believe you can do ministry. You just got to find what God is calling you to do and allow everything else to fall uh, to the side. And I said, if you let the plate fall, someone will pick it up and run with it. And I began to watch her over the next few months, just begin to just do what God was calling her to do, find where God wanted her to minister at and to um, encourage her in those areas to say, hey, you did a a great job here. Here's a a recommendation so that you don't get distracted by maybe the other place that is spending, spending. Because when you release something, you always want to try to take a look at it to see if anyone is actually doing it the way you would do it. And I said, it's not about uh, them doing it the way you're doing it. As long as it gets done, uh, and it may not get done in an excellent way that you may want it, but this is a training for a future. So allow them to make mistakes. It's okay if people make mistakes in church, as long as it doesn't cause a sinner to fall away from God or, or not come to God, and as long as it doesn't cause the, the kingdom a financial or a moral failure, then allow people to grow. And so she began to take her expectations off of what and how they did it as long as it got done and just focused in on what God was calling her to do. And I just encouraged her along the way to say, hey, you're doing a great job. Keep going. I think for our listeners out there that's that's listening out there, there's, a, there's quite a few things I want you to really pick up on what the Birches are saying here is you don't have to be perfect, right? We're trying to figure this out as we go. Sometimes when we get into ministry, we feel like we have to have it all figured out. We have to have all the answers. We have to know what we're doing. And let's be honest, ministry is very difficult. All the times we get into ministry, we, we, we have no clue as to what we're doing. Um, that's why we have to rely upon our community, our church, and our Savior, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. Uh, I, I, I tell you, this, I'm really impressed and encouraged by the model that the Birches are presenting here. First of all, I see two individuals who have accepted their calling and what God is calling them to do in their ministry, and they feel confident in that. The confidence that God has called me to do this, and I have a unique set of skills and a unique calling, and they've accepted that first. That right there allows them to trust the other, their spouse, all right, and not feel threatened by their ministry. I don't hear anybody feeling threatened like, oh, hold it. Well, you're my spouse, and I don't need you to get in the way of the ministry or what I'm trying to do or what God's called me to do. I hear them trusting each other. But that confidence starts with their confidence in in their calling with Christ as individuals, all right, their Mm -hmm. ministry which allows them to have confidence and not feel threatened by the other in their marriage. And I hear that working together beautifully. Oh, absolutely. As iron sharpens iron, that starts in the marital covenant. And you are there to to, to support, to help, to pray for, to be with. And I, I love what you guys talk, because we often talk about in ministry, is evaluating our, our church and evaluating our progress as a leader and what we're doing. I love the idea, and this is something we all should be doing in our marriages, is evaluating our marriages. What can yes. we do better? How can we improve? What am what am I missing um, that, that, that I need my spouse to kind of speak into my life? I love that model. What Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we actually just ask each other, um, how am I doing as a spouse? How am I doing as a husband? Because what we realize is success in ministry doesn't necessarily transfer to the marriage. 
or even to the home. And so not only do we have that conversation with each other, but with our kids, our children, we wanted to ask them, how am I doing as a father? Because sometimes we can get so wrapped up in the success or, or failures of ministry that we visit them on each other. And so I would be, I wanted to be a, a good husband, not just a good husband in general, but a good husband to my wife. So I ask her the questions, how am I doing as a husband for you? Because you can also just be a good husband in the eyes of evaluating yourself based on others who do what we do. You can say, oh, well, at least I don't you know, treat my wife this way or that way. So you begin to uh, self-evaluate and think I'm doing better than that pastor down the street. Or I spend more time with my family than that pastor uh, over across the country. And so you, your success of being just a husband actually is graded upon others rather than on your spouse. So I looked her in the eyes and said, how am I doing as your husband? What can I change? What can I uh, grow in? And we just have those uh, uh, truthful conversations to pastor and mentor each other in marriage. And so we, we've had uh, learning experiences and work to be, get better at being what we needed to be for each other. Yes, because you know what? This is one thing. Ministry can end tomorrow, but your marriage is supposed to last until Jesus comes and so that's what we keep that reality right there. Ministry is not, this is what's supposed to last forever. So we, we are very careful because God put us together and ministry is not going to take us apart from each other. Sometimes we have to ask the hard questions and we have yes. to ask our spouse the hard questions. And sometimes we don't like some of those answers, but let's be honest. We need that. And uh, I, I really do appreciate you all talking about this and really being so open uh, about your relationship with one another and, and our struggles. We have to, we have to, I feel like we have to normalize a little bit that, you know, we're not called to just be, we don't have to have it all figured out as we get called. And, and this is a journey that we're on. And sometimes I feel like as, as ministers of the gospel, we have to, like you said, wear a different, a lot of, a lot of different hats or, or, balance a lot of different plates. That's not necessarily the case. What are some of the things you guys are seeing that our ministers might be uh, struggling with, going through? Is there, is there anything, is there like a trend out there that you guys are kind of seeing? I'm, I'm telling you, the biggest issue that we see is that they're too busy for each other mm-hmm. and they're not having intimacy. They're not spending that quality time together on purpose. Uh, one of the things for me is I uh, learned early in ministry to schedule my calendar and to schedule our personal time to be intentional about blocking off time on the calendar for each other. And many people just allow ministry to kind of, you know, be scheduled, but marriage to accidentally happen. Mm -hmm. And so we pattern our ministry after what we believe the Lord wanted us to do. And most pastors would take off on Mondays to recuperate for ministry. Well, I take off on Fridays. We take off on Fridays so that we can build marriage. So you don't have a normal weekend in ministry for the most part because uh, Saturday is spent in preparation for Sunday. And so you don't have a weekend. So we intentionally shut the office on Fridays and have Fridays and Saturdays as a weekend time, a relaxation time. And so we don't so we don't have to feel burnt out on Monday to have to recuperate and spend all your time. You don't want to do anything because 
a ministry. So we intentionally schedule our Fridays. So we made it clear to them that, hey, we're available, you know, if it's an emergency, but it's not an emergency. You know, we want to build our marriage on Fridays. And so we just try to encourage the pastors to intentionally spend that time, schedule that time. And if something happens on a Friday uh, where you know you have a change or shift that you have to minister, then schedule another day off during the week. It's okay to schedule a moment of time where you intentionally spend time building your marriage, evaluating your marriage. As you share with us your marriage and your lives, it is a beautiful model and a testament to, to how we should serve as ministers and more important, just as important, if not more important, minister to our spouses. Now, if I'm a spouse, all right, uh, Mar- I'm a spouse um, and minister in the state of New Jersey, and uh, you're you're this 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 model uh, pastors in front of me, and I'm thinking, yeah, I, I agree with them that we should do ministry together. And that we should take out time together. I might be tempted to include our time in on Sunday as being time together. Our time on Saturday in preparation is time together. Our time uh, on Wednesday night uh, or whatever night that we're working with the church, that's time together. Isn't that building our marriage? Doesn't that count? Yes, doesn't that count? <laughs> that is phenomenal. So I, I can only be as honest as I can about our life. This is not, like you said, this is not a model. This is our life. And those are things that we struggle with, uh, being together all the time in ministry. I'm a retired military disabled veteran, and uh, my wife has decided to come alongside me, not have an outside job. So we're together all the time. So she actually worked for me here in the office. She is what is known as the women's ministry director, as well as the state ministries coordinator because of her administration skills. She sees things that I don't see. So we're together all the time. And some people can conclude, wow, that is building your marriage time. But no, I still, that's why I set, set aside time to say, Hey, listen, This is what I need from you in order to know that we're separating. It's so funny. We have to balance between home life and ministry life. Uh, There's times where I have to look at her and say, honey, we're home. Mm -hmm. Honey, we're home. She actually made a joke one time. She said, baby, can you build me a sign in the garage so that when I pull up, I can see no more work. I'm home And so that we actually transition from being in a ministry mind to marriage marriage, and not allow the time that we spend together just to be counted as togetherness, but to be counted as marriage building time. Yeah. So on Fridays, what we do is we'll we'll plan ahead. Like, what do you want to do this Friday? So we'll go, one of us will choose where we go eat or where we're, we're going to go, you know, exercise together because we go to the gym. That's another thing. We go to the gym before we hit the office on most days and we go together. 
for um, most days. Sometimes, you know, it just depends on what's going on, but we'll go together. So that's our our time. My husband has this um, phrase, GPS. You have to have your GPS calibrated, your God time, your personal time, and your service time. And so we always have our, you know, our God time together, you know, every day we'll get up, get our coffee, we'll go have our devotional time with Jesus. And then we have our personal time. Personal time consists of Whatever it is you love to do, if it's working out, if it's, you know, uh, having a hobby of some sort, painting, and then what you do for the Lord, that all that has to be balanced. Otherwise, your life is going to be you're going to get to the wrong direction. You're not going to make it to your destination. So your GPS has to be together. So that's what we, we, we plan what we want to do. Sometimes we'll go get a foot detox together on Fridays. Sometimes we'll go get a massage. Sometimes we'll go get pedicures done. So, you know, we just do something together that's outside of ministry. And we have this rule, like my husband was saying, we don't talk about ministry, especially in our bedroom. Yeah. It's off limits. What did the Bible say? The marriage bed is undefiled. So that's one of our rules. And we teach that to all of our pastors, couples, anybody that's come around us knows that that's a rule that we have is you keep marriage, keep the ministry out of your marriage bed. We try to say we we actually have a rule. We don't like to talk about it at the house, but especially in your, your bedroom, you don't want to do that. So, you know, we want to spend time together, not everybody else being in the mix so we do fun things and call that our marriage time not not going to church yeah let me let me uh just back up and put emphasis on the fact that we ask each other is there something special you want to do on that friday so that you understand that you are special not just together but to make it a moment of history because uh, reality is sometimes ministry speeds up so fast and life speeds up so fast that you can't even remember the moments of your life. Like when I asked her one time, I said, honey, uh, when was the last time we went out together? She had to think, when was the last time we went out together? Even though we're together all the time, you can actually go out to dinner because you need to eat and that not be considered a marital time of development. So we intentionally schedule these times and we intentionally ask each other, what is it that you want to do on the next, uh, this coming Friday, your Friday, my Friday. And so she chooses one. I choose one. That way we have individually said, you met my need and this is intentional. So we mark those moments so that there's never a question uh, when was the last time we slowed down enough to be intentional about building our marriage? It's on our calendar, too. It says our day for whatever is a reoccurring event. Our day for whatever. <laughs> Everybody knows. So that may not work for everyone, but somehow you can't just look up one day and say we haven't been out. We haven't went to dinner. We haven't went to a movie. And, but even though we're spending all this time together. So funny story. My daughter and my wife drove to Atlanta together to visit their her father. And they spent two days and then they came back home. And my daughter looked at my wife. She said, Mama, when are we going to spend time together? <laughs> she didn't see the fact that they had just drove there together yeah, yeah. as time together. She saw it as we were going to visit Grandpa. Right. Mm -hmm. But that illuminated in my heart mm -hmm. the fact that I had to be more intentional about these moments and not just uh, say, well, we've been together all week, so I can go and take 
a break and go golfing or I can take a break and go fishing because we've been together all week. No, we've been in the presence of one another, but we had not been together. Love Mm -hmm. it. Love it. So be intentional with your intentions, right? Whenever you do that, you're together, you're building your marriage. That that helps with the conversation. You're very intentional about what you discuss and making sure that you keep the, 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 the marriage and the ministry separate in a lot of ways. It's healthy boundaries. I know that our listeners are going to get a lot out of what you guys shared because you both are leaders in our, 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 our movement and uh, have a lot of respect. And uh, thank you so much for your transparency and willingness to talk about um, your all's life together, quite frankly. And I love it. And so make sure you get your GPS in line. I love that. I'm going to borrow that, by the way, or steal it, whatever you want to call it. Uh, make sure you get your God time, your personal time, and your service time. One of the things you did put on your back, I have to ask this question real quick before we end this section, but uh, Bishop Birch, I, you know, you, you put on your, your bio that you're a, a UFC fighting fan. Who is your UFC, you, like your, your favorite? Like, do you have a favorite <laughs> UFC fighter? Actually, I don't. It's, it's just whoever is there. But Francis Sangato, uh-huh. oh my goodness, that guy can watch him. <laughs> I look at him. And so that's the one I would, you know, choose when I, because I know it's going to be a knockout. Gotcha. <laughs> You know, I, I, I joked with my, my wife one time that I should join UFC fighting. And um, like a good, healthy marriage, she told me I was absolutely insane. I was joking, of course. <laughs> I would get myself killed. You don't want to see me in the ring. I promise you that. That would be interesting, though. Yes. Would you pay to see it? No. Okay. No, I would well, not. <laughs> so. we, learned, we learned a valuable marital process from UFC fighting. These two people go into the ring to try to kill each other, beat each other up. Uh-huh. And they fight to the end over one issue. But at the end of every fight, I always notice that they always hug. Yep. And I told my wife, no matter how much heated fellowship we have, we have to determine at the end. It's just about the issue yep. that we need to be good. Uh, uh, we need to be good sportsmen and hug it out. And so while I'm watching UFC, the Lord is speaking to me about <laughs> life principles and marital principles. Love it. Yeah, he Beautiful. said a whole teaching on it yes. on UFC, how to fight fair. It's really powerful. That's great. And uh, that's another topic for another day, how to fight fair. I think that's a good one. Thank you so much, Bishop Raymond, uh, Lorna Birch, for being with us today. It's such an honor to have you guys with us. And uh, we'll be back to finish up our episode right after this. You've been listening to Pastoring on Purpose, a podcast of the Center for Ministerial Care. Twice a month, we talk with pastors, church staff, and mental health professionals about what it's really like to lead and serve a congregation. From pastoral burnout to boundaries, the pressing issues of leadership to the pertinent little details that help a body progress, we're here to help you be a healthier leader, pastor, and person. And welcome back to Pastoring on Purpose. And you have been listening to Bishop Birch and Lorna Birch. And uh, once again, it's it's an honor to have them with us today. And uh, we're at that part of the show where we talk about our action steps and things to kind of really take away uh, from this episode. And, And there's really three things that I can think of just off the top of my head. If you're listening, these are three very important things that we need to take away from this episode, in my opinion, among other things. There's number one, we need to be confident in the calling that God has for us in our lives. Know who you are. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you don't know who you are, you will allow others to tell you who they think you are. And then you're going to be dealing with an identity crisis. Know who you are. Be confident in your calling. Be confident in your training and your experience, what God has brought you through. Number two, 
do you know your spouse? Do you know your spouse's calling? And can you, how do you support that calling that your spouse has? And uh, oftentimes in ministry, it is uh, working together as a team and being there for one another and understanding that um, supporting the ministry is one thing that's very important, but we also need to be willing to support our spouse and take priority uh, with our marriages. And then number three is a kind of a highlight on that, but be intentional with your marriages uh, and be intentional with your ministry, keeping them separate, having healthy boundaries between your marriage and your ministry is going to be so vitally important because so many times throughout ministry, if we're not careful, we will be busy and constant. There's always something that has to get done. There's always another deadline. There's always something else that we need to do. And uh, if we're not careful before too long, the kids will grow up. They will move out of the house. We're going to look at the person across from the dinner table from us, and we're not even going to know who that person is anymore. We change over time. Ministry has a way of changing us over time. And so know your spouse, continue to talk to each other, continue to go on dates, continue to take care of one another, and make sure that that's a priority. And I would say it's very scriptural that our marriage takes priority over the work that we have at the church. And um, so be very intentional with your intentions. And with that, we are going to get to the final segment of our show today, and it is the mailbag. And welcome to the mailbag section. And I've got the great Professor Jeff Sargent uh, looking online at some questions. And Jeff, what question do you have for us today from our mailbag section? Well, thank you. Um, I don't know about that great part. Uh, no one's actually said that. Other than, you're the only person in the world who's ever said that. So I don't know what you know or don't know. But Just that, trying to be a blessing. That, okay, thank you. I am blessed by that. What's it like to actually come to the Center for Ministerial Care and receive uh, the ministry that you offer here, all right? I, I think, th- th- in fact, this listener re- uh, references what's on the web and listening to us, but probably this listener along with others are wondering, what's it like to just actually come to Cleveland if that's what they choose to do, which, by the way, they're not required to do to come to Cleveland. Yeah. You offer remote services, uh, services by, by by Zoom, et cetera. But if you were to come to Cleveland, what would it be like? Is this kind of a mystery? It is. And if you come to Cleveland, I know there's there can be a lot of uh, apprehension, a lot of, because you're like counseling, what exactly is that? A lot of people haven't gone through that process. You are going to be our top priority. We have people come in from to, to Cleveland for counseling. I clear off my schedule. And you are the priority for two full days. And so when you come in, we're going to make sure that we, first of all, we're ministerial care. Uh, we're not just ministerial, but we're ministerial care. Uh, you're going to be cared for. Um, we're going to try to help you achieve your goals. We're going to try to help you find success in your life, and it's going to be confidential. And we want to, you know, the, the first part of counseling to me is, is really being able to establish trust and making sure you feel as comfortable as possible. And that is our job, to make you feel comfortable. And uh, that's what we want to do. And so we have a sabbatical house that you get to stay in for up to a week, a beautiful three-bedroom home. And so you don't have to worry about the cost of counseling. You don't have to worry about finding a place to stay. And so that is the mailbag section. Jeff, if there's anything you want to say to close us out today, uh, anything you want to say to our listeners out there? No, thank you for listening. Uh, 
I say no, and then I go ahead and start speaking. Yeah. Thank you for listening uh, to the podcast, and we appreciate your feedback. Uh, please send it to us. Uh, it helps guide us as we're trying to make decisions about future podcasts. Uh, we, want, we want to provide this service for you, so let us know what you think. Absolutely, and be sure to check out Lorna Birch's book one last time called Leading Ladies. You can find this on Amazon. You will be blessed. If you like what you're listening to today, you're going to want to read the rest of this book. Thank you so much for being with us, and we will see you next time on Pastoring on Purpose. Thank you for listening to Pastoring on Purpose. Join us next time as we continue our purposeful progress to becoming better pastors and people.